Welcome to the Regroup podcast ahead of this year's Wales Rally GB. I'm Bex Williams and to be completely frank with you, everything in this podcast was going to be Wales Rally GB centric. There was going to be no talk really of anything else. We were just going to focus on the next round. And then what happens on Friday? Seb Ogier announces Friday 28th of September that he is heading to Citroen next year, 2019. No massive surprise, I don't think, for a lot of people. We were expecting this move to come. But personally, I wasn't expecting the news to come ahead of Wales Rally GB. I thought it was going to come after. So I was taken a little bit by surprise on that. And now all I want to do is talk rally gossip. And I have the perfect man joining me right now. Clerk of the course of Wales Rally GB, Ian Campbell, who loves his rallying back to front, upside down and inside out, is on the line with me. He's ready to chat everything Wales Rally GB. But before we get there, Ian... We absolutely need to talk about Ogier. Were you surprised by the news that he was heading back to Citroen? I do love rallying. <clears throat> Excuse me, I do love rallying. I'd, I'd rather rallying's not upside down right enough. But um, <laughs> but yes, do, do do enjoy it that way. Um, I was surprised, um, but by the the move, I know that um, there's been quite a bit put out saying that it wasn't a, wasn't so much of a shock. Um, it, it did surprise me very very much. So um, he's got the, the the Fiesta has is, is behind him. He's got done so much work on it in, in the last two years, and with whilst and and and, the, and the, you know, in fairness, since the C three has come out, it, the Citroen seems to be to be lost with it. Now, of course, we never know everything that's going on behind the scenes, and and just how much work, how much development is going on in there. And then for them to to, to pull out, what I think is this the surprise of taking a, a five times world rally champion, which could be a six times uh, world champion, to to them to to go in and. You know, essentially going to develop this car, make it his own, mm. um, and to do it in such a short period of time to to get to to Gap, um, to his hometown, to go and start for the, the 2019 season. It's um, the guy's obviously not t- taking his foot off the throttle. Um, him and Julian are obviously you know determined that they're they're going to go out in a high. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he he's kind of alluded to the fact that you know that this next contract, meaning Citroen, could well be his his last contract. I think we'll have to wait and see on on that score. But to go back in my kind of romantic fashion, Ian, bear with me, to go back to where it all started for him with Citroen, you know, back when you look to the Junior World Rally Championship days and then at Wales Rally GB in, was it 2008, when he jumped into the car and was leading the rally <laughs> in a World Rally car yeah, at the end of the season. That, you know, that was pretty incredible. Um, Absolutely, and I think that year was very, very slippy as well, and, and he caught sort of everybody by, by surprise. And, and then I think it was Radner that, that they claimed to him in stage five. Um, so, uh, yes, it's it's a nice circle for him to, to go back. Um, but the other thing is that you know it's it's one piece of the jigsaw that's been announced yesterday, and, and, and it's opened all these other permutations. And you think, right, so if, if he's going there who's going to M-Sport, and, and all these rumours that are going about about Toyota, um, mm. about who may be moving, who may not be moving, and and the guys that seem to be very quiet just now are Hyundai, uh, and as far as, as I'm aware, they've only got two drivers signed, and, and they may be looking at four, so there's maybe another two seats there as well that, that are just floating along that, you know, there's been very little said about them at the moment, or, or is Sordo and Padden a done deal, or are they going to be moving? 
I think it's the most interesting period now. You know, I think uh, uh, because we've talked about Ogier for such a long time and everyone had their theories that, yes, he would move. And I think a lot of us, after we'd interviewed him in the previous round in Turkey, had the, the feeling from what he was saying that, OK, maybe now it is time for him to move on. He spent two years at M Sport and two good years at M Sport, an exceptional year last year, which, you know, he described as it was going to be a challenge and it was a huge adventure for him. And, you know, they made it such a success. But now it, I think it's the really interesting period because it is what happens to the likes of Esapek Alapi, who we're hearing could well be on the move as well. And he's been linked to Citroen very strongly. You know, if he moves from Toyota, then there's a free seat there. Will they be looking at Chris Meek? There was something in the Finnish press two weeks ago about them looking at Yari Hootenen, which in my mind is maybe a little bit early after just one year in WRC2. Yeah. If Meek uh, is available, got... do, do they have him? And then, as you mentioned, Hyundai as well. I, I have a feeling, though, things may not change there. I think they, they've said that they will have three cars, not four cars, three cars moving forward. And that third car could be a split deal again between Sordo and Padden. So it may be that Hyundai don't change at all, or they do change. This is the interesting factor now. It's and, huge absolutely. speculation. And, and, and we haven't mentioned Mads Osberg either. No. He has come back completely re, um, reinvigorated this year um, and has you know, had some really good results. So, yeah, there's a, there's a lot to be done. What, what is really good about it is that um, next Thursday, you're going to be really busy at the FIA press conference when we're in Deeside, because I can imagine that being a fairly popular occasion. Yeah, I think, I think there'll be a lot of people at that press conference Ogier will be there there'll be plenty of drivers that we want to have a, you know questions asked to about next year and I, I think a lot of the team principals are going to have many many questions thrown at them during shakedown and in the build-up to the rally fascinating stuff I, I can't wait so many question marks around so many drivers Craig Breen included will meet come back Ugh. one man yeah. we know we will see next year and see with M Sport is Teemu Sunanen um, now, I mentioned Tamu Sunan and its special significance, especially for you, Mr. Campbell, because you were a very lucky man last week and you got to drive, well, not drive the World Rally Car, but sit alongside Mr. Sunanen at the test. Now, it's, it's a, um, a thing. I'm trying to, you're trying to find a good word. Words are my thing normally, Ian, but today they're failing me. They've gone. <laughs> we, we, um, the, the FIA um, came out in October last year, um, just with, the, with the, the, the incredible changes of pace with the, the, the 2017 World Rally Cars. Mm. Um, they wanted the clerks of the courses of the World Championship rounds and the event safety officers um, to experience what these cars were actually like, so that we could we could find out what the crews go through, um, but also we could then start to appreciate when we're planning our our special stages. Um, and when when you're planning your route and planning your special stages, it's always a compromise because it's how far are they from the service park? How often can we get back to service? How often have we got to go and change tyres? Um, can we actually get spectators into these special stages? If we can get spectators into these special stages, can we get them somewhere that is accessible and that actually when they get there, the viewing is very good? And not only is the viewing very good, but it's safe. And so there's all of these things to be taken into account when you're when you're putting together a, an itinerary and a, and a route. And one of the other things that they wanted to do was for us to, to go and experience it from inside the car 
um, so that we could see, you know, or appreciate what we maybe have to look at for for stage setup and for spectator areas and 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 things like that. And at the end of the day, you're getting to go out and ride another a 2017 World Rally car, so it's brilliant. Um, so yeah, I have I have looked forward to that day all year. Um, and, and Thursday was was fantastic, and, and thank you very much to M Sport and, and, and Timo for that. Um, there was no way they were going to let me drive it. I've I, I very much got my ambition and ability mixed up on that one before when I've been behind the wheel of a of a rally car. Um, but uh, and, and I certainly wasn't elegant getting into the uh, the world rally car because I, I didn't realise my my right leg was just so inflexible and I got stuck on the A pillar and looked very ungainly um, as you're trying to as you're trying to show some kind of decorum. But um, but once you, once you're in these things, you know, I know it's been been said before. You you sit so so low um, that you you really are struggling to to see over the the, the top of the the dashboard. Um, I was speaking to Seb Marshall yesterday, and it's okay for him because he's about eight foot two, so he can he can see fine. Um, but for for somebody like myself who's a, who's a bit a bit short that way, um, it was a struggle. It it made it it made it pleasurable when Timo stood on the brakes because it, it sent you forward a bit and you could actually see the road for a second until he, he lifted back off. But it always you you wanted him to be on the brakes anyway because um, there was there was things approaching at an incredible rate of knots. The um, guy Wilkes was was also at the test. Now Guy's been out in the doing the FIA World Rallycross series a bit you know, last year. Mm. So he, these cars are, are incredibly powerful. And, and when he was saying, yeah, the, the World Rally cars are a bit slower off the line, he says, but, but not much. Um, but when he says that you get into the, the high-speed corners, when Guy is coming out saying that the World Rally car is so much quicker than a, a Rallycross car, that's when you start to appreciate just what mechanical grip, what aerodynamic grip these cars really, really have. And I, I don't know the Greystoke stage that well. And quite honestly, after it been round it on Thursday, I still don't know it particularly well. So one, I couldn't see very much and I wasn't watching where I was going. I was watching feet and banks and, and all sorts of things. Um, but there, there is a, a bit that I thought was quite twisty um, towards the back end of the stage. And, and you, f- you feel that, you know, third gear would probably be a good selection and blipping the throttle. And, and Timo's there, and, he, and he's flicking between fourth and fifth, and, and the throttle's just pinned, and and this thing just keeps gripping and gripping and gripping, and um, just f- it, it must take quite something for for the drivers when they first step into the cars to get their get their brains to go. Actually, we can defy Einstein's um, theories here. We can keep gripping. We can keep keep moving. Um, and then they keep doing this over hundreds and, well, at this point in the season, it's now thousands of kilometres. Um, and, and they do it within tenths of a second or, or a handful of seconds of each other. Quite very, very special. Yeah, it must have been. But as you said, it, it has been a, an FIA kind of stipulation that the clerks of the course jump into the car and, and learn more about what it's like for the competitor. What did you say that you would have learned, Ian, which will help maybe next year now? With planning for GB, it's you know, it, it's it's one when we've we've got so much information now at, at our disposal, especially with you know WRC um, all live um, and and with the the great you know WRC plus that you can go back and you can look over your stages over the the previous years, so you can learn a lot from that, um, but. You don't get the, the the feeling of of the the G force, the the violence of the braking, um, sitting at your desk looking at a, at a laptop. Mm. So you, so you can start to, to understand that bit. Um, I suppose that the, the the serious aspect of it is that um, you know these guys are professionals. They are 
you know, they are fighting for tenths of a second. The the great thing about them is they they very very seldom have accidents. But when they do have a you know when that thing lets go, um, it is operating at the edge of its adhesion. Um, it's operating at the edge of its mechanical grip, its aerodynamic grip. So when that lets go, that's got a lot of momentum behind it, and that's going to go a long way. Um, I think Robert Reed uh, always says when when you speak to him about stuff like that, that he explains that when he was sitting with Richard Burns and, and they were having an accident, the one thing he knew was he had no idea where he was going to end up. Um, an out-of-control rally car is just that. It is out of control. Um, and that's the, the bit that you've got to start just just looking at and trying to think, you know, are there things that we can learn from from here? Are there, you know, there, there, there's very specific reasons that we, we set up our, our spectator areas because that is the places that are easily accessible. It's the places with the great vantage points. It's the places that are behind the tree line that are up the bank that, you know, people are, are you know, deemed to be to be safe up there. And, and if nothing else, when I go spectating, I don't like getting hit by gravel rash that goes past from the rally cars, let alone anything else, because it hurts. So, you know, why would you want to be anywhere else? But it, it, it opens up these sort of aspects. It was also good just to have time with the team and with, um, with drivers to... For us, when we're looking at the routes next year, um, there there are areas that we will go through the special stages that um, you end up having sort of an impromptu committee meeting at a corner, giving it right. We need to be doing this here and that there because of for whatever reason you might identify there's a, a risk or a hazard at that that specific point. Um, it would be fantastic to take somebody with current WRC experience through there, um, and they would probably turn around and go, "Why have you just spent an hour?" looking at this particular area, this corner. This is this is nothing to us. But three hundred meters on, you need to look at this bit, guys. And and, and we might not even recognise that. So yeah. it's 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 getting it's to appreciate just what goes on within the car as opposed to the many other things that we have to consider out with. because um, you know, whilst the, the sport is all about going for the, the fastest guy from A to B in in the in the best car. Um, as, as organisers, there's an awful lot more things to be considered as opposed to just that car that's going on that bit of road at that particular bit of time. Now, the experience was with Tamu Sunanen, who is you know relatively new to the WRC still, isn't he? He's still you know learning his trade out there, but hugely quick, a dynamic force, and definitely you know a star of the future. I can see him holding the championship trophy aloft. In a few years' time, what did you think of Mr. Sunanen? Being very blunt, poor Timo comes across on the television as being a bit of a miserable bit, he a does. bit of a miserable git, you know. He does. And, and Timo he is the man who is hardest on himself as well with the television interviews. Um, and having met him on Thursday for the first time ever, he's a really, really pleasant guy. Um, he is very, very shy. Um, I know that that comes across, but then I think he's about 24, 25. He's a he's a very young man um, as well, but really, really nice guy. Great to to spend time with him. But I also think he's got a wicked sense of humour um, that I'm sure the M Sport guys all drag out of him, and I'm sure he gets his own back from it as well. So no, it's um, it's somebody that, as you say, will, will grow within the sport. But I think he will also grow himself. Um, you know, as a as a person, and and we'll see you know big changes come out of that because um, what comes across on TV is not Timo Sunan. Timo's a, a you know a very very pleasant guy who's uh, who was very very good with us on Thursday. 
Yeah, that's totally what I think. And I, whenever we do see him at stage ends on All Live, and I will kind of reiterate to everyone, he's not like that. <laughs> he's he's not miserable. He's always smiling when I chat to him, and he's he's great to talk to. It's just. Yeah, he's, you know, the heat of the moment at stage end, it's so raw, isn't it? And I think that's something, again, that, that's another thing to learn for drivers out there. You know, you, you get the old hands like Ogier now, who's so totally experienced and that whatever situation they're in, come a stage end, they will always give great answers or whatever and, and not seem so, 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 so miserable or down on themselves. It's definitely an art to learn because the passion is there. You've just come off a, a special stage and, you know, you've given your absolute all and then someone's sticking a big microphone in your mouth. And if it's Colin, yeah. shouting at you. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, but, but do you, that's a balance that's got to be struck because you don't want to get the polished answer at the end of the stage That's as well right. you want to get that raw emotion and and i think that the what, what you guys do get from the crews and what the crews give to you um at the stage ends has got that perfect balance because you'll get mads that will give a, a jokey answer seb's kind of moving into that area as well you'll get craig green and annoyed that'll just swear at you and you know and it, it's great it's, it's it's what makes it really, really good. Yeah, it is. Colin always says that stage ends are, you know, his absolute favourite interviews to do because it is it is so raw. Right, let, let's move on and, and talk about Wales Rally GB as an event itself because we are seeing changes this year. Um, we are seeing some new stages. We're seeing tarmac sections being utilised to link some stages. And what normally happens on a Friday when we all shift down to, to mid-Wales has changed to Saturday and makes a super Saturday now, Ian. So lots of changes, really, to the itinerary when you look at it. Exciting, because it's going to challenge the drivers even more. Yeah, um, you know, doing Sure Wheels Rally GB this year has got, to me, a completely different feel about it. The, um, the special stages that we may be visiting, maybe a lot of them are, are what we're used to visiting, um, but the... We've always previously, since we've come up to North Wales, we've had a day and a half in, in the Mid Wales area. Um, this year we've got a day and a half in, in North Wales. The North Wales stages are completely different to, to Mid Wales. We might be in the same country, but that's about the only thing that's to, to you know that, that, that's, that's familiar, well, apart from place names that I can't pronounce. But it's got um, the North Wales stages are very tight. They're very narrow. They're they're very technical. Um, there's a lot of junctions in them as well. So there's especially after being out with the cars on Thursday, you can't say they have a stop-start nature to them because of the, the, the junctions, but it is that. You're you're up the box, you're down the box, you're... Um, the, it, sounds, it sounds like you're, you're slagging them off by saying, you know, they, they don't flow. Um, they, they're just more... They are more technical. They are more a, a crisscross network um, that's in the, the stages. But the, they, even, they even change in character themselves. Penn Macno, North and South... Um, which we're joining together by being able to use a part of the public road um, this year for the first time ever. Um, one section of North Wales, uh, of Pinmachno, the, the start, uh, is very, very tight, um, very narrow, very, very, very tricky. Then you go across the public road into the second section and you would swear that you'd moved into my heron or somewhere like that because it just flows and, and it's, it's a lot wider road. So I think when... When the crews come back on Tuesday night after reconnaissance, it'll be very interesting to, to hear what they make of, of the, the North Wales stages. Because the other thing is, you know, we're saying Super Saturday. Um, Super Saturday, we're, we're heading off to, to Mid Wales. Um, and we're actually using all of the stages in Mid Wales in one day 
that we've taken a day and a half to do previously. Mm. Um, so we have uh, 153 kilometres uh, on Saturday with a, a tyre change. That's it. Uh, no other services is permitted, and you're into the the, the absolute magic stages like you know my heron and sweet lamb Halfran, Duffy, Garthenio, Duffnant, and then you know and then repeating them, um, and that's they're 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 so 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 fast the the flow they're just beautiful locations, um, and then head back to on on Sunday um, you know back into the the North Wales stages um from a, a a break from the norm our power stage is at eight minutes past eight on, on sunday morning um in, in guida so once you've done the power stage there's actually another three special stages to be done um so that's going to maybe you know change the, the the tactics or the or the or the thinking about how do we tackle this power stage because i still have to finish the rally um, as well, and then we have the you know the, the great showpiece to be able to go around Great Ormland Dudno um, to take rallying right into the centre of, of the town, um, and then to to make a a great big showpiece um, of our, our final stage and to finish on the on the promenade. It, you know it's going to be fantastic if we get the weather that Wales has got just now, um, which is, is blue skies, little wind. The the helicopter shots are going to be phenomenal, and that's you know that's going to sell the event for us. It's going to sell on Dudno, it's going to sell Conway, and it's going to sell the World Rally Championship as well. Mm. Um, and whilst we're making a great thing of of the closed road legislation that we can now use bits of public road, I'm sure you know people around the world are giving it. Why are they making a song and dance about this? It's what we do every other weekend for our events. We've never been able to do this in the UK uh, and to be able to, to start off by, by taking a World Rally Championship event straight into the centre of a town it is an enormous opportunity for us. It is a huge opportunity and I think you know, you've know you gone for it then with, with the itinerary that has been drawn up to, to make the absolute most of it, which is fantastic. Interesting, you, met, you mentioned the power stage there, which obviously running unusually not as the last stage. And the fact that, yeah, tactics could change there, Ian, because the boys have to finish the rally to actually pick up those power stage points. So they have to yeah. stay on the road. If they don't finish the rally, they don't pick up those extra points. And the way the championship is looking right now in terms of the title battle, I think it's, it'll be a fascinating Sunday. It'll be a fascinating Friday and Saturday, but maybe even more so on Sunday. Yeah, completely. Because I mean, you know, the, the championship is is so close. You know, for for everybody in the manufacturer championship as well as a, as the drivers championship. Um, so yeah, it, it means that you know the action is going to be red hot as soon as we start at Tier Prince on on Thursday night um, and, and and go right through. And um, you know, it's it's going to make you know watching what what you guys are producing for us with the, the, the you know the television coverage is going to make it something that's unmissable. Yeah, it really is. Uh, final couple of questions then. One little uh, word on the weather. You, you mentioned it briefly that we do have beautiful weather in Wales right now. It is blue skies. It's been dry. It's been quite breezy. And a lot of people thinking, are we going to get a dry, dusty GB? I'm putting my hand up right now and saying absolutely not. I can see rain in the forecast in the next week for the stages. And it's so cold. I mean, it was it. We had frost in South Wales this morning, and it, it'll be cooler in the north. So, cold mornings, some rain. I think we'll still see the traditional wet GB. Inconsistent grip will be there. I'm absolutely positive about that. But well, it, well, sorry, that that forecast will be music to Toyota's ears because they tested in the most abysmal conditions. 
um, and, the, and the other teams have, have tested in, in, the, in the dry. So if, if your forecast is right, they will be delighted. I'm hoping your forecast is wrong. <laughs> Well, it, it's going to be interesting. It, you know, that we will have rain, it looks like, on the stages. Sunday, this coming Sunday, now, so the Sunday ahead of Wales Rally GB on the Tuesday as well. So they'll get a good soaking on the Sunday and the Tuesday. And then there is rain factoring into GB weekend, but maybe not as much as what we're used to before. But with the cold conditions that we do have forecast, fog could be there as well. So it could be a very traditional looking GB, which will please a lot of people. It, it will please some and, and not please, please others. I mean, I, the forecast I was looking at is I think the temperatures are, are somewhere about 11 to 12 degrees, uh, a, a bit of wind and, and hopefully just very, very few showers, which would be you know fantastic for the, the spectators. It would yeah, be absolutely, absolutely brilliant. It would be brilliant for our stage teams. I mean, these guys will, um, will be out in the stages from the weekend before setting up. Um, they, they, they more or less live in the woods you know, for the for the week um, and spend so much time there. So the last thing that we want for them is to get absolutely drowned at, at some point um, from, from there. And so, you know, if, if the forecast or the weather stays as it's been, where um, the guys who've been setting up the service park this week have got sunburned, um, which is just <laughs> incredible in September. Um, you know, if, if it stays something like that, it would be fantastic. And yeah, we, we always talk about the weather, but um, as, as organising team, um, we still get the shivers talking about weather after 2015 so yeah, something calm, sedate and autumnal would be lovely <laughs> Yeah, absolutely, to show it off to its to its best advantage and finally, Mr Campbell the title mm. battle for 2018 Thierry Neuville, Oitanek, Sebastian Ogier, who is your man for the title? Well this next weekend coming I will not be looking at results we and, and rally control quite often at the at the end of the event, somebody will turn around and go, "Who won?" And <laughs> it's one of these questions that you know we have to go look at the results. You you concentrate on getting everybody through the stages, getting them set up, getting them running, getting them going, making sure that all the cars you put in come back out the other side, and if they don't come back out the other side, you ensure that they're either got a mechanical problem or they've just parked it in a ditch somewhere, um, and. Quite truthfully, results are one of the last things that you end up looking at. Mm. Um, having said that, when it gets to Spain, um, we'll be back looking at split times and seeing who's who's going to come through. Um, I, suppose I should really answer that question a week. Yeah, I was going to. I was supposed to be I'm supposed to be impartial here. <laughs> the impartiality goes out of the window here. I asked Elvin Evans at Rally Day in front of everyone who he thought would win. And he kind of said, you're not seriously asking me that question, are you? <laughs> well, I yes, think Newville will, will be World Rally Champion at the end of this year. Okay. Um, I haven't got that many people that are agreeing with me um, within the within the team. There's a, a lot of people that are saying that uh, you know, the Tanak will, will be the, the man to do it, especially with the form that he's on just now. Mm. Um, and then, you know, you can never, ever discount um, Seboji and Julian as to you know what they're going to come out with and, and what they're going to do. If you look at um, at the, the Rally GB, um, only three people have won the event four times, and that's Mikola, uh, um, Ogier, and absolutely shockingly, the last one's gone completely out of my head. I thought I was going to be smart and be able to reel off a, a, a start there, but it's gone. But uh, he's got such a, a great history on the event that uh, maybe Wales is going to put him back on the top step of the podium and uh, you know change the, the whole running order around again. 
Well, that is what Elvin said. You can't bet against Seb, can you? It was his exact phrase. And yeah, I, you know, you, you can never. There's this Wales Rally GB, Spain, Australia left. There's not many rounds to go. He's very much on the back foot now, but it can all change around in a whip stitch. And that's why this year has been so, so exciting. And it just keeps getting more exciting year on year now. Which is which is fabulous, and personally, I can't wait now to get to Wales Rally GB. Enjoy the the sunshine that we're going to be seeing, and a little bit of rain, only a little bit, only a little bit. <laughs> Keep the dust down here. Oh, yeah, that's it. Yes, we don't want to have uh, four minute gaps. <laughs> no, it's going to be a brilliant event as always. I'm sure. I'm looking forward to seeing the changes. I'm very keen to see Slate Mountain as well. This uh, the, the new stage that we'll be seeing, and I have to say, big hats off to the team behind. Um, all the social media videos that went out during the summer and the build-up to some of the new stages we'll be seeing with Elvin Evans, Emma Penlan, Howard Davis driving or trying to drive around Great Orm but heading to McDonald's instead and and then the the, the rally car on a zip wire. Um, I just thought it was absolutely brilliant. Yes, yeah, and and the Slate Mountain, the the views from up there are, are beautiful, and and when when you're actually up at that special stage, you can see so much of the stage. I mean, okay, okay it is only just over a, a kilometre, but you can see so much of it, and and the the landscape from up there is, is beautiful as well. So no, it's um, you know the, the Jonathan and Ben have worked really hard this year on on, on that kind of stuff, and as is, as Emma and Howard, and I think that you know that it's it's. Got a really nice balance of promoting the event, but all done firmly with tongue in cheek. <laughs> Which is just the way we like it. Ian, good luck next week at Day and Shore Wales Rally GB. I'm sure it'll be brilliant. And it'll be a very busy week for you, I know, but try and enjoy it. I will enjoy a week Monday. It'll be great. <laughs> Fabulous. That is Ian Campbell. Next up on Regroup is the man who took a spectacular win at Wales Rally GB last year, Elvin Evans. Hi, I'm Yari Matti Latvala. Hi, I'm Seb Marshall. Hi, I'm Elvin Evans. Hey, I'm Hayden Padden, and you're listening to WRC Regroup. Elvin, we're experiencing conditions today at Rally Day 2018, which may well prepare us for what event is coming next on the WRC calendar, Wales Rally GB. It's a bit windy and wet here today, but it hasn't dampened anyone's spirits, that's for sure. You've been here chatting to everyone here, showing your support for the event, and of course getting ready for Wales Rally GB. How are you feeling about it? Yeah, feeling pretty good. Uh, obviously, looking forward to the event again. Uh, it's always a, a sort of special event on on the calendar for for me, especially with it being so close to home. And uh, yeah, can't wait to get going. You know, last year it, it was special, really special to see you take your first WRC win, to do it at home. I think everyone there was a bit emotional. The whole service park wanted you to win the rally to achieve that. There was definitely a tear in my eye and Howard Davis, who I think everyone over the years has always known as the man who speaks his mind. He's direct. He's got no filter. He was crying at the final stage, Ed, which is brilliant to see. But those feelings that you felt back then, you know, are they kind of coming back to you a little bit now, knowing you're going back to there? Yeah, I'm missing the feeling of uh, being on the podium, to be honest. Obviously, uh, it's been a bit of a shortage of them this year. Um, but no, to be honest, I'm fully focused on, on this year, not looking back too, too much, uh, you know, at the feelings of last year. We have to just concentrate on doing a, a really good job. Um, it might not be easy starting, uh, you know, at the back of the field, depending on what the weather is like. Um, you know, if it's really wet, then normally the stages evolve uh, quite a lot. But 
Actually, the long-range forecast is looking pretty dry, so I'm uh, sort of hoping and praying for that, quite, quite in contrast to what we were hoping for last year, um, but let's wait and see. We do see some changes. We head down into Mid-Wales on the Saturday this year. We've got Slate Mountain, which is new to everyone. So the organisers have tweaked things a little bit. How much of a change do you think it will be? Yeah, I think quite a big change, especially on Friday. Uh, you know, a very different character of, of stages to what we've seen on, on Friday, especially in the past. Uh, you know, we're using what uh, you know has been predominantly Sunday stages and, and quite short. Now, sort of all linked together uh, with uh, with some tarmac sections. So. That'll be quite challenging, I think. Uh, you know, the roads, the Tamak roads are generally quite narrow. Um, I'm not sure what the plan is to manage the cutting, um, but I can imagine if, uh, you know, if the drivers in front are free to cut, then they could become very dirty very, very quickly. So, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how, how they evolve. Um, actually, I don't think the, that those stages might be a, as much of a hit with the drivers as, as perhaps what uh, are the classic mid-wheel stages, but... Um, you know, it'll be a big challenge nonetheless. You mentioned there's been a shortage of podiums this year. It hasn't quite been the season that you have hoped for because you've come back into, let's say, the main team this year. More resource at your fingertips, but yet the results haven't reflected that. Why would you say that is? Is there something you can put your finger on? Uh, not not one thing in particular, for sure. Uh, I think when you really re read in between the lines, I'm uh, as competitive, if not more competitive than ever in terms of my speed on the split. Um, but unfortunately, the results just haven't uh, haven't come as we wanted um, for for a few different reasons. You know, I'm not going to reel out my excuses book. You know, <laughs> but. Uh, it wouldn't be a very big one anyway. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's genuinely not been a, a massively lucky season. Some seasons you, you seem to be able to get away with everything, hit every bank, hit every stone and, and nothing happens. Whereas this year, when we hit stones, we have punctures and we hit banks and we rip wheels off. You know, it's just uh, been one of them seasons. Um, but I think we have to remain positive, you know, in that the, the speed is there, especially compared to to Seb on quite a few rallies uh, you know he is five-time world champion at the end of the day and uh, you know hopefully now we can have some strong rallies to finish off the year and, and really prove what we can do yeah I certainly hope so because we want to see you up there and I think you have such support behind you as well uh, next year you know we've, we've just chatted about it in a fabulous little forum that we did here at rally day we don't know where a lot of drivers are going to go next year and for you that decision hasn't come quite yet Hopefully it will. Will it be remaining with M Sport or are Elvin Evans's lies looking somewhere else? Uh, nothing's been decided yet. Um, obviously, there's uh, you know some discussions starting to take place now uh, this time of year, as as, as does with every driver. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to see what uh, prospects lie ahead. Are you talking to anyone outside of M Sport? Um, I'm, you know, obviously I think everybody is talking to everybody, I think is the generic answer. I think Esapeka came up with that and it's uh, probably a pretty good, uh, probably a pretty good line, uh, but probably a, a very true line as well. You know, it's just what happens when uh, negotiations are open at this time of year. Um, you know, there's always a big hype at this time of year that thinking the whole service pack is going to turn on its head. What normally happens is maybe one or two people move, but the majority stay the same. So uh, let's wait and see. Everyone's watching everything, I have to say. I saw something this week on social media where Scott Martin tweeted out a memory of him in the Focus, Stobart Focus. And Guy Wilkes immediately leaped on it and went, ooh. 
a four day, you know, and then people are like, oh, does this mean anything? Does this, are you moving? Are you moving to M Sport? But that's what silly season's like. It's silly. People will just, you know, if you're wearing a red shirt tomorrow, Elvin Evans will be going to Citroen. It's that kind of craziness, but it kind of gets us all. Yeah, I think it does, but, uh, you know, the, the reality is, and until you've signed on the dotted line, then uh, nothing has happened. Um, so, Let's see. I think uh, things will probably start to evolve uh, pretty quickly, at least with uh, with uh, you know the top guys uh, now. So we wait and see, and uh, yeah, like I say, wait and see. see. <laughs> Finally, you mentioned you've been looking at the long-range forecast. Are you a bit of a weather geek, Mr. Evans? No, not really. I think I'm just being hopeful. I just had a quick scan on my iPhone and automatically uh, went into positive mode. The Valley GB is going to be dry. <laughs> Thinking of the fans, you see. <laughs> of course you are. Looking forward to seeing you there. Cheers, thank you.